Well, hey, I want to go ahead and get right into this. If you have your Bible, I want you to open up to the book of John chapter 3. And very famous verse right here. Uh, probably everybody in this room has heard this verse. So I'm going to read you a scripture from the word and, uh, and then we'll just get right into this. So let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. It is a lamp to our feet. It is a light to our path. Father, as your word goes forth this morning, I thank you that you would anoint every ear to hear. Let every heart be receptive to receive that which the spirit of God has. Father, we thank you today for what you want to do. Thank you for utterance in the Holy Ghost. Father, let your word go forth as a seed today. Let it be planted in every heart. Let it produce fruit in their life. 30, 60, 100 fold we pray in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen and amen. John 3 and verse 16. Who's ever heard this verse? <laughs> amen. It says this, For God so loved the world... That he gave. Everybody say, he gave. For God so loved the world, he gave. His only begotten son. I always say this whenever I read that verse. You know, when you love somebody, it's so easy to give to them. When you don't like somebody, it hurts to spend $10 at Walmart to get them something. Who knows what I'm talking about? Come on, Christmas is around the corner. By the way, you're allowed to laugh at this church you don't have to sit there like a statue. Amen. Hallelujah. Don't worry. You can actually have something called joy today. Hallelujah. So, but isn't that true? It like kind of hurts to spend money around, thing, you know, around Christmas to get them something. But when you love somebody, you will lavish everything upon them. And it's like no sweat. Now that's my wife over there. So when we were dating, I mean, every date we basically... Um, I would like empty my bank account on her, like every single date. Then you get married and it's kind of like, you know, anyway, no, no, no. I, I st still do it, right? Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> no, when you get married, your paycheck goes to the wife. Is that right? Amen. So for God so loved the world, think about this. God so loved you that he gave and he didn't just give, you know, something small. He didn't buy you a $10 thing at Walmart, right? He didn't buy you a toaster oven. For God so loved the world, he gave the best thing that he could give. And the Bible says he gave his only begotten son. By the way, I have the mic, so, you know, no one should be talking amongst themselves right now. This is church, by the way. So, you know, just to throw that out there, amen. Please be respectful to those around you, amen, and not have a conversation. We'll be here just a moment, and then we'll give everybody their groceries. But for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Why? That whosoever, so how many of you guys know whosoever means you? So the word whosoever, that's just a Bible way of saying you and me. If you're a whosoever, just wave your hand at me. Okay, some of you are not so sure if uh, you're, you're actually a human being. Uh, you are a whosoever. Amen. It says that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And it says, for God sent not his son into the world. I think this is just as powerful, John 3, 17. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. The father so loved the world that he gave his son Jesus to do what? To die for our sin. You know, it's a misconception 
notion that people have that God is in heaven and he's just this angry, wrathful God who's just angry at people. I used to think that. In fact, you know, I've been a pastor now 10 years, uh, you know, and uh, I don't look too bad for 65. Is that right? So, you know, but I've been pastoring for 10 years. and I, But I remember growing up, I used to think, man, God was angry at me. Anyone else ever felt like that? <laughs> you know, I thought, if I go to church, I can't go to church. If I walk in the church, God's going to have a big fly swatter, and he's just going to, he's just going to, you know, swat me like a bug. It actually, like, kept me out of church because I was afraid. I thought God was angry. I thought God was upset at me. I, and, and it was all because God was misrepresented by people who called themselves Christians. Who's ever met an angry Christian. <laughs> and that shouldn't be because the Bible says, happy are the people whose God is the Lord. Jesus even said, they will know you're my disciples because you love people. Are you with me? So that tells me just because you go to church and you carry a big old Bible that's big enough to choke a moose, you know, going to church doesn't make you a Christian just like going to McDonald's doesn't make you a hamburger. Are you with me? So maybe some of you in here, God has been misrepresented to you, but let's just go to the Bible. The Bible says God loves you. The Bible says that God said in his word, I know the plans I have for you. Remember, you're a whosoever, that's you. I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you. Plans to give you a hope. Plans not to harm you and to give you a great future. That's our God. God loves you. He loves people. Hallelujah. And, and he loves people so much. He loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son. Hallelujah. Man, I, I'm glad I came this morning. I almost stayed in bed. Glory to God. Look at this. Romans 5.8 says, but God shows his love for us in that, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Think about that. God showed his love for you in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So what does that tell me? When I was at my worst, God gave me his best. I mean, you can't really, I can't think of a greater show of love than when somebody is at their worst, you still reach out. You still love on them, even if they're unlovely. <laughs> you still love them. And think about that. When you were at your absolute worst, God did the best thing that he could do, and he sent Jesus uh, on the earth to die for us, uh, you know, for our sins. Why did he do that? So that he could make a way where there was no way. Before Christ, it was impossible to go to the Father. Before Christ, the only way that you could get to God was through a man. But Jesus bridged the gap. Jesus made a way where the Bible says, if you only believe and put your faith in what he's done, you will have everlasting life. Hallelujah. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter, uh, well, let me say this too, you know, because he showed his love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Uh, you know, let me, let me throw this out there too. Christ didn't just die for you. Jesus didn't just die for you. You go to church, people will say, you know, Jesus died for you. He, well, that's true. But he didn't just die for you. He actually died as you. So think about this. And I'll show you this in scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21. It says, God the Father made Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin itself on our behalf. So that in him, 
we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. What does that mean? Jesus lived a perfect life. Jesus was the son of God. Jesus never sinned, and sin wasn't in his nature. The Bible says he was tempted in every way that we are, but he never sinned. It's not a sin to be tempted, by the way. Someone says, oh, I had a bad thought to, to steal. I'm such a bad person. No, we all, who's ever been tempted in here? You know, if you've ever been on a diet, you've been tempted. <laughs> who's ever, it's always when you're on a diet, like you go to a friend's house, and they're baking freshly chipped chocolate, baked chocolate chip cookies just because they heard you were coming, you know? Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. You can smile at me. Amen. Don't sit on the front row and glare. Hallelujah. Glory. Amen. Glad you're here. Amen. Hallelujah. But is that, is that the case? Come on, who's ever been tempted by something? So it's not a sin to be tempted. You're not a bad person if you've been tempted, right? But Jesus was without sin. And, and so what do I mean? Jesus died as you. Well, Jesus lived a perfect life, yet he died on the cross. And what happened is when Jesus was on the cross, the Bible says, you know, if you've ever seen a reenactment of the, of, who's ever seen a play of Jesus on the cross, right? Or you've seen a movie. And there's that one movie, The Passion, which is a good movie. But even that doesn't show the fullness of what Jesus went through, the severity of what Jesus went through before he went to the cross. The Bible says he was whipped. Romans were experts in torture. Who knows Jesus? It was the Roman soldiers who began to torture Jesus. They, they whipped him 39 times because if they would have did it 40 times, it, it would have killed a man. So they did the absolute maximum punishment. The Bible says by the time Jesus got to the cross, he was so marred that he didn't even resemble a man. So how many of you guys know that's pretty severe? Some theologians and scholars believe even organs were exposed. So it's very graphic what happened to Jesus Christ. It wasn't a few drops of blood coming down. He was, his skin was ripped open. His beard was pulled out. They, they took a crown of thorns, even the thorns. It wasn't Ohio thorns. I grew up out in Cooperdale in the country, and, you know, I would go mowing sometimes, and a thorn would, you know, kind of, you know, ever mowed, and the thorn just kind of, you know, gets you in the thigh, and you're like, oh, it wasn't that. The thorns Jesus took, these were massive thorns. If you've ever been over in Israel, you've seen these. And they fashioned a crown. And they put it on his head, and they, and they beat it into his skull. These are huge nails. And, uh, and, and, and they mocked him. And then they nailed him on a cross. They put holes in his hands, holes in his feet. Why did Jesus suffer all that? He never sinned. He never, while they were doing that, he said, Father, forgive them. He was perfect. That shows you you can be perfect and people will still want to kill you, you know. <laughs> you know, here's the thing. It's almost, well, I'll get to that in a minute. But, but here's Jesus on the cross. Why did he do that? Because Jesus, he took the punishment for our sin. So what does that mean? That means the punishment that God wanted to pour, that, that was due us because of, of our sin and disobedience, the punishment that was due to us, Jesus took. And not just yours, but he took everyone's punishment for the sins of the whole world. Doesn't that sound like an awesome God? Where, he where God, in a sense, took the punishment upon himself for your sin. So when you have Jesus in your heart, who are you to beat yourself over the head over mistakes that you've made when Jesus already took the punishment? Are, is this making sense? 
So the wrath, the Bible says it pleased the father to bruise him. The wrath of God was poured out on his only begotten son, Jesus. That's what that means. He so loved the world, he gave. Are you with me? Hallelujah. So the Bible says he who knew no sin became sin, that in him we would become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So look at that. He took our sin and put it upon himself. And then, uh uh-oh, are you ready for this? He took his righteousness and he gave it to all of those who accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Not righteousness that, because we all make mistakes, right? It was like an exchange. I'm going to take your mistakes. I'm going to take your failings. I'm going to take your faults. I'm going to give you my righteousness. The Bible says he's given us beauty for ashes. So we, get, we have ashes but he has given us beauty in exchange for it. That's the gospel. Hallelujah. You know, growing up in, in certain churches, you know, like I said, I've been around some mean Christians growing up. Amen. But thank God for the B-I-B-L-E because it set me free. And, uh, but anyway, I remember growing up, I'd be in some churches, and just the way people were preaching, they were angry. Who's ever seen like an angry preacher? Just angry, man. Looks like he has wet underwear. Just Just angry, man. I saw this one guy, he's like, y'all are going to hell. I mean, just like that, you know. I mean, it was intense, man. Y'all are going to hell. God is angry at you. They call them hellfire and brimstone preachers, you know. I mean, mean, you'd like to think the guy was going to take someone's hair and light a fire underneath of it with a lighter and just, you smell that? That's going to be you in hell if you don't repent. And it's like, I don't know why I can do that so good, by the way. Um, But... But that's not God. The Bible says the, the gospel. You know what the word gospel means? That's what I'm actually preaching right now is the gospel. You know what that word means? It means good news. I've never given anyone good news in an angry voice with veins coming out of my neck. <laughs> ever. I've never, <laughs> you know, I've never, I've never, ever done that, you know. <laughs> you know, with an angry voice, with intensity, like, Imagine someone gives me a car. Edie, someone gave us a car. You know, I've never, ever done that to my wife. Amen. Normally, when I have good news, I have joy. Normally, when I have good news, I'm beside myself. Normally, when it's good news, I'm jumping. I'm dancing. I'm excited about it. God so loved the world that he gave. What am I doing this morning? I'm here to tell you that maybe God's been misrepresented to you. Hallelujah. And you don't have to be around the wet underwear crowd. Hallelujah. You can be around. <laughs> I call them religious stinkers. You can be around people who have the joy of the Lord. Because Jesus said, in this life, you're going to have trouble. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. One translation says, I've stripped the world of the ability to hurt you. And I conquered the world for you. Hallelujah. We have something to be excited about. The price was paid. The blood was shed. Hallelujah. So Romans 2, 4, so God did all of this for us. He poured his wrath out upon his son. Jesus didn't just die for you. He died as you. He took your place on the cross. Romans 2, 4 says, don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? This is a scripture. Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin. The goodness of God. So this is all God's grace. He's patient, the Bible says. Tolerant. Kind. His good. One translation says, His goodness 
leads us to repentance. Now, now let me talk about that word repentance, because that's another thing people, you know, veins popping out, repent, I'm going to hell, you know, whatever, you know, and, and uh, hallelujah. How many of you guys know I'm not popular around certain crowds, amen, just talking the way I talk, hallelujah. And, uh, but let me tell you what that word repentance means. It means you turn around. It means I'm turning from something, and I'm just turning to God. That's actually what that means. It means I'm turning away from this. I'm not going to do any more the thing that Jesus hung on the cross for. You know what I mean? The thing that Jesus died for, I'm not going to do that anymore because he's been so good to me. He saved me. He changed me. He made a way for, for heaven, and he took the punishment that was due me. It should have been me on the cross. You know what I mean? It should have been me. But Jesus took my place. I'm not going to do the thing that put him on the cross to begin with. So I'm going to turn from that, and I'm going to turn from God. I'll tell you, as you've been sitting here, some of you, I think, I think there's going to be a turnaround today. Hallelujah. I think there's going to be a turnaround. Uh, we have a young lady here sitting you know, back in the sound booth. This time last year, she came to this church because we were giving out exactly what we're giving out today. And she came in. She has witch tattooed across her chest. She said, I'm a Wiccan. I don't believe, you know, I don't believe in, in Jesus. She said, I don't, I don't believe. Now, how many of you guys, you know, and she didn't have to tell me she was a Wiccan. I mean, I could just look at her. You know, I didn't need God to tell me this woman's <laughs> into witchcraft. I mean, I literally could just look at her and kind of tell, you know, when you have a tattoo that says it, you know, hallelujah. What do you do, you know? And so I, I looked at her. I remember I said, I said, just so you know, we love you. We accept you. I said, you're welcome here anytime. We're not afraid of that stuff. You know, not that that was okay to partake in. But I said, you know, it's the love of God. It's the goodness of God. And I remember she came, I think it was the next week. And, and she said, she's, you know, she's in the Wiccanism. She said, I like your energy. <laughs> yeah, that's what she told me. I like your energy. And I'm just like, yep, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, and uh, hallelujah. That's called the Holy Ghost. Amen. And uh, so she comes the next week, and she was over by the kids, and I saw her. That was the day she gave her life to Jesus, and that girl is different. She comes out of Wiccanism. She, she joins our Bible school. She's led probably now hundreds of people to Jesus Christ. She's come off drugs. She's come off alcohol. God restored her family, her kids. She didn't have her kids. God's restored her kids. Her kids are growing up in church. God did something in that woman's life. Are you with me? Now, if she would have came and I was saying, you're going to go to hell, <laughs> what's that going to do? Hallelujah. The goodness of God. You know, and you, you know, if I was God, it wouldn't be good, man. I'd, I'd see people lightning, fire, you know, I, I'd probably. How many of you guys are thankful that you're not God, I'm not God, but God is God, and the Bible says God is love. That's actually what the Bible says. If you said love, you said God. The Bible says God is love. Say this with me. Say God, God. is love. So we call a chair a chair because it's a chair. That's a chair. The Bible says God is love. He's love. If you said love, you said God. Now, you might have to get the idea of man's idea of love out of your head, but God is love. He loves you. Hallelujah. So, so the goodness of God was intended to, to turn us from our sin and turn us to God. Uh, in other words, I don't want to do the thing that put Jesus on the cross. God's been too good to me uh, to want to do that. So I, I'm, gonna, I'm about to end here, but, but listen to this. 1 Timothy 4 and verse 8. 
It says, godliness is profitable unto all things, promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. In fact, the full verse says, bodily exercise profiteth little. Who exercises in here? (laughs) Two hands. (laughs) You know, I'm working on it, you know. But uh, there is a scripture that says, bodily exercise profiteth little. So if anyone ever gets on you to exercise, say, wait, I got a scripture, it profiteth little. No, it says, it does profit though, right? You need to get exercise. But it says, godliness, everybody say godliness. What is that? That, that is you to the best of your ability, uh, you know, living your life the way the Lord wants you to live. It says, godliness profits all things, promising benefits in this life. All right, who's alive in here? Three of you. Some of you don't look too sure. Okay. So, pro- promising benefits in this life and the life to come. Okay, another thing I used to hear growing up in church. Well, how many of y'all know one day it'll all be worth it? One day when we die and we go to heaven, it'll, this, this life now, it'll all be worth it. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says it's worth it now. And the Bible says it's worth it in the life to come too. Godliness profits now. Christianity is not living a, you know, a life of just like, a, you know, struggle all the time and everything's just, it doesn't make it harder. Okay, you know what? Serving the devil is hard, but serving, the Bible says, the path of the righteous grows brighter and brighter. In fact, look at this. Let, let me show you what I'm saying. John 10.10, Jesus said, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Everybody say abundant life. That's what Jesus has. He says the devil comes to steal, kill, destroy. That's why I have a real problem when people come around me and say, well, I don't know why God allowed me to get sick. I don't know why God, God killed that person before their time. Look, God's not out killing people. God loves people. God's not out making people sick. Jesus, my Bible says Jesus is the healer. My Bible says every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of life. Whether you believe what I'm saying or not, it makes no difference. Every good thing in your life came from God because he loves you. Even if you never receive what I'm saying, and even if you harden your heart and never believe, all the good in your life, it came from him. And look at this, all the bad came from the devil. There is a good God. There is a bad devil. It's the world that we live in. Hallelujah. It's called a fallen world. But Jesus said, I've come that the believer may have an abundant life. Whatever we lay down and give up for God, uh, God will see to it that that you're going to get something so much better. Um, let me... Okay, let me give you some examples. Let me give you some testimonies of what God's done in my life. And just so you know, I could give this mic to anybody who's a member of this church, and they all have similar testimonies. It's not because I'm a pastor. Okay, let me tell you about an abundant life. Um, There's a scripture that says, if you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. Who in this place has a desire in your heart? Okay, what about the rest of you? Hallelujah. Who in here is going to look at me with an angry face this whole service? Because some of you are doing that. Amen. But it's fine. How about I have you stand. I'll sit up here and I'll just do this. 
the whole time. Amen. Hallelujah. If you get nothing, <laughs> you know, at least you're going to get a bag of groceries. Amen. So at least you can say you got something. Amen. Hallelujah. This is, this is tough work. Amen. Some of you are doing great. Some of you are smiling. And, but anyway, hallelujah. Anyway, so if you, del- <laughs> if you delight yourself in the Lord, <laughs> he will give you the desires of your heart. So listen to this. Um, the Lord told me, now we believe God speaks, and, and we actually teach people here how to hear the voice of God. And, um, I mean, we've taught people, they were atheists, they didn't believe God was real, they didn't believe God speaks, now they're saved, <laughs> they know he's real, and they know he speaks. And so, when I was 18, the Lord told me, I'm going to send you to nations. Well, anyway, I was fasting, that's where you give up food for an expense, a, a period of time. I, I did a 21-day fast in 2014, in the month of January, and I was seeking God what to do for that year. And the Lord spoke to me by the end of the fast. He said, this year I'm going to send you to Finland, and I'm going to send you to Turkey. Okay, well, that's great, but how, where am I going to go in Finland? And where am I going to go in Turkey? I don't know anyone in Turkey. I did know someone in Finland. And wouldn't you know it, I didn't tell anybody. I kept this in my heart. I kept it to myself. And wouldn't you know it, through Instagram, a pastor from Finland contacts me. He said, I'd like to invite you to come to the church. I said, sure. <laughs> I already have my passport ready because, you know, I, I was all prepared. I didn't have money for the ticket. It all came in. Anyway, long story short, I go to Finland. When I go to Finland, guess who's preaching? A pastor from Turkey. <laughs> the, Tur- the Turkish pastor, he said, hey, you, you should come to Turkey in December. I, I said, yes, sir. You know, and I didn't go around saying, well, the Lord spoke to me. You know, I just, whatever. Some things you just keep to yourself, you know. Anyway, here, here's what happened. I go to Turkey now. Now, there's a lot of things happen in Finland, but I want to share this. I go to Turkey and I, look, it's my second time out of the nation. Now I'm going to a Muslim country as an American. Let's see how this goes. So, so I get on the plane. I land, and, the, and, and someone who worked at their church messaged me, and they said, you need to take the bus. You're going to need 11 lira. So I thought that was the name of the bus, 11 lira. So I walk around like a dummy for an hour and a half looking for a bus called 11 lira. I got so desperate, I went up to strangers. Do you know where 11 lira is? And these people were like, get away from me, you know. And so I was discouraged. So I sit at Starbucks and I Google 11 lira bus. <laughs> trying to find the bus named 11 lira. And Google says, lira is the name of their Turkish currency. He was trying to say, you need $11 to take the bus to get to the city square. So like, a, <laughs> I felt stupid. So I go to the money exchangers and I get some, I get lira, right? I exchange U.S. dollar for lira. That's what their money is called, lira. So I get it, and I get on the bus. And if you don't believe in God, just get on a Turkish bus because you will begin to pray. Because they swerve into oncoming traffic. Amen. And it is intense. And so I was praying the whole way. Anyway, I spent about 10 days in Turkey. By the end of the week, I had... Um, I had 17, or I'm sorry, 18 lira left in my suit jacket pocket. Suit jacket just like this. I had three days left in Turkey, and I was sitting in a church service much like this. I was sitting on the front row. And I was thinking, I wasn't listening to the pastor. I know you've never done that, but I was not listening. I was thinking, how is this 18 lira going to feed me the next two days and I'm going to need 11 lira to take the bus to get to the airport. That leaves 7 lira left. How am I going to eat off 7 lira? And I'm thinking, okay, maybe I'll fa- I won't eat today and tomorrow. Third day, I'll get a kebab. 
and then that was going to be it. As I was sitting there, we're talking about an abundant life and what God does. As I was sitting there, the scripture came down to me, Philippians 4.19. My God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ. And when I, I remembered that scripture, God will supply for me, I began to weep in my seat. And I realized something about money. Listen to me now. I was thinking more about how this money was going to get me back to America, nourish my body, then I was, tr I was trusting more in that 18 bucks to do it than I was trusting in God who got me to Turkey in the first place. So as an act of faith, I took that 18 lira out of my suit jacket pocket, I walked past the preacher, and I put it at the altar, and, and, and I laid it there. I went back to my seat, and I said, Father, you told me to come here. You made this possible. I'm going to trust you to get me back to America. I'm going to trust you to feed me. <laughs> And it's one thing to do that in a service when there's nice music playing. Another thing when the service is over and you're broke. <laughs> and I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, and then the thought comes, you idiot, what did you just do? How, you're going to have to walk to the airport. You know, all the thoughts begin to come, right? And, and, I, and you know, I didn't tell anyone what I was going to, you know, I wasn't going to go around the people at church, hey, just so you know, I gave all my money, you know. I wasn't, I'm not that type of person. I would walk before I do that. And, uh. So anyway, it was the end of the service, lights are shutting off, I'm on the front row, and then the thoughts start to come, you, you dummy, what did you do? You just gave all your money, you know, you, you know, you know whatever. So anyway, I, and I told myself, no, my God will supply all my needs according, that's what the Bible says, and Jesus said he's come to give me an abundant life. So listen to what happened. So I go to exit the building, there's a man, not, no one knew who I was, you know, I'm just there visiting. I preached one night, but no, you know, actually a day later I preached. No one knew who I was. There's a guy standing by the double doors. You, you leave the, the sanctuary, go down a hall. There's a man standing by the double doors. Big, tall dude. Travis, stand right next to me. <laughs> Amen. Like this big. Okay, thank you. Sit back down. Amen. <laughs> Big, tall guy, bald, has a beard, like a really respectable beard. His name tag said Abraham. And, uh, and, and, and you know, he, he was a real person. You know, he's not an angel. He's a real person. And, uh, and he was standing there, and he had an envelope, and he was standing there like this. And I go to walk out, and I just nod at him. And as I nod at him, he takes the envelope, and he hands it to me. And that's all he said. He said, be blessed. And so I took the envelope, and this is what you do when you need a miracle. You, and someone gives you something like that. You take it, you say, oh, thank you so much. And then you run to the restroom and you open the envelope to see exactly what's in there. <laughs> because I'm not eating for two days. And that's exactly what I did. <laughs> I went to the restroom, I went into the stall, and, and I, I pulled out the envelope, I opened it up, and out pops two 50-euro bills, 100 euro. So I didn't, what is that in lira? So I told, I told the guy I was staying with, I said, you got to take me to a money changer. So the next day... I wake up, we go down to the money changer, and, and we, we exchange 100 euro for 365 lira. Come on, give, give God praise. That is a miracle, and I'll talk about that for the rest of my life. Because here's what happened. Okay, so now I have 365 lira. I ate good. Amen. 
I gave half of it to a Bible school student because it's like, I got to bless somebody off this. So I gave half of it to a Bible school student that was there. Um, so two days later, I, I go to leave and I'm eating good. Amen. Praise God. I, I, you know, I know it doesn't look like it, but I do like to eat. And um, so anyway, I, uh, so now it's time for me to go back to America, right? Need 11 lira for the bus. Look what God did. I go to leave and I get a knock on my door. I answer it, and this guy said, hope you don't mind. I asked someone where you were staying. It was an Iraqi kid. This kid I met, um, I forgot, oh, his name's Sam. Uh, he's from Iraq. He got saved in Iraq growing up. He had um, like a, something wrong with his mouth. I think it was like a stuttering problem. And an evangelist came from Australia and preached that Jesus healed. He got healed of his stutter, gave his life to Jesus. Now he's in Turkey at a Bible school. Come on, God is moving on the planet. So anyway, he said, hope you don't mind. I felt in my heart I needed to come and escort you to the airport. I said, are we going to take the bus? He said, no. He said, we're going to take the subway system. Oh, safe subway system. No bus swerving around. I said, are you serious? He said, yeah. He escorts me. And it was probably would have been like 25 lira to do the subway. And he's scanning his card. He escorts me all the way to the airport. I didn't have to pay a penny for it. And that was the whole thing, 11 lira, the food. Okay, so look at what happened. So I, I went a little early because I wanted to get a hotel, stay the night, fly out the next morning. I wanted to be refreshed because it's like a 10-hour flight or whatever. And so anyway, I said, well, where's the hotels around here? And, um, and, and before we, we found a hotel. There was a restaurant. It was a steakhouse, like fine dining. I said, I'm taking you out to steak. God bless me. I have money, honey. You know, and so we go. I buy, we both buy these nice, like, steaks, like filet mignon, okay? And then I bless him. We eat. There's a bowling alley, and it's just like God's so good, right? And so anyway, then there's a, a like a five-star hotel right there. Guess how much it is? 60 lira a night. Are you, that's like a... Holiday Inn in America, you know, because that's translated to about 75 bucks or whatever U.S. So anyway, praise God. Uh, and, and so look at this. I'm in the hotel. I have steak in my belly. And I'm thinking three nights ago, I had 18 lira. Three nights ago, I, didn't, I wasn't going to be able to eat. Three nights, I didn't know how I was going to get here. Now I'm in a five-star hotel with steak in my belly. And the scripture comes to me. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. The scripture comes to me. He takes the beggar from the dunghill and he sets him among princes. And that is our God. And what he did for me, he will do for every single person who puts their faith in Jesus. Are you with me? It reminds me, I'm going to pick on Jessica again. You know, she comes out of the, the world. She was unsaved. You know, she, um, I, I don't know the whole story, but basically she appeared before the judge. She had a fee that she didn't pay. And the judge, locally, this was last year. Is this okay that I share? Okay, because if you're going to say no, I was going to be in a weird spot. So anyway, <laughs> or she's in Bible school. She's training now for ministry, you know. So anyway, this was last year. She got saved at this time last year. So anyway, she goes to uh, the judge. The judge says, you're going you're to spend time in jail. And she was just about to, actually it was in January of this year, because she was just about to start Bible school here. And the judge said, you're going to go to jail. You're late on this fee, and, and that's it. So they, they take her out of the courtroom. This is locally. They take her out of the courtroom. This is just to show what he did for me, he'll do for you. Takes her out of the courtroom. Now, she prayed to God for help. She didn't have the money to pay it. It was an impossible situation. 
She asked for an extension. Judge said, no, you're going to jail. Listen to this. They put her in handcuffs. They escort her out. They take her to the cruiser. <laughs> Suddenly, as they go to put her in the cruiser, she's going to jail, not going to be able to come to Bible school. You know, all this stuff begins to happen. Uh, as they put her in the cruiser, another officer comes out and says, uncuff that woman. And then the officer says, why? And the, the, the one who said that, he said, somebody anonymously just paid all her fees. Uncuff her. And so she started to weep. And the, the cop said, I thought you'd be happy. She said, I am happy. That's why I'm crying. She said, because I've been praying all day. And God came, anonymous came through for her. Well, we just thank God for anonymous today. Amen. Because God came through for her. Amen. So some of you in here, you don't need help from the government. You need help from God. You do. You need, you need supernatural help. You need God. Because there's some things only God can do. Really. There are some things in your body only he can fix. There are things in your family. All, you, some of you, you serve the devil long enough. It's not got you anywhere good. Things are just getting worse. But the Bible says the path of the righteous grow brighter. Jesus said, come unto me, all you who are heavy laden and weary, I'll give you rest. My yoke is easy, Jesus said. My burden is light. I'm not talking about some religious works program. I'm talking to you about something that is real. Hallelujah. Jesus said in Mark 10, no one has left houses and land for my sake that will not receive a hundredfold. Hallelujah. Man, I have so many stories I could share, but I'll just say this. When you mean business with God, God means business with you. Everybody say abundant life. Say, say it like you're happy. Say abundant life. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. He does. He has an abundant life for each and every one of you. But there's a step you have to take. First, you have to give your life to him. I remember when I was in Bible school, this, this, is, this is our God. The Bible says he knows the very hairs that are on your head or, or the lack thereof. Amen. Some of you, hallelujah, praise God. <clears throat> you know, but he, 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 he has thoughts. Jesus said, before you even ask, the Father knows what you need. Jesus knows exactly what you need. I remember when I was in Bible school, I was living in Florida, and uh, I, I, I called my mom. There, there's a scripture that says, before you ask, I'll answer. So look at this. This, this is fun. Um, I was on the phone with my mom. She's in Kashok, and I'm in Florida. And I said, I told her, because I, I play guitar, but I wanted to learn banjo. So I said, I'd really like a banjo. And my mom goes, a banjo? What are you going to do with a banjo? She's like, oh, great. I raised a bluegrass, you know, whatever. And uh, she said, what do you want with a banjo? I said, I don't know. I really want one. I, I swear to you, I only told my mother in Ohio. She didn't know a soul in Florida where I was at. Then it was that week. It wasn't the next day, but it was that week. I go to school. I, I walk in just doing my thing with my study and notes and backpack. I walk in. A, a woman walks up to me. Her name was Lauren Price. She said, would you like a banjo? <laughs> I, said, I said, what? She says, I don't know. I just felt to ask, do you want a banjo? I said, yeah, I'll take a banjo. And I walked away. I started to weep because I thought, I didn't even ask God for that. I just said I wanted it, and God heard. God hears everything. And I'm here to tell you, I'm not a blue-eyed boy. I'm nothing special. Are you with me? 
what he did for me, he'll do for you too. Hallelujah. Man, I have so many stories, but we got to move on here. Is this good? Are you getting anything this morning? Amen. Everyone say this. Say, God is a good God. Now, on the flip side, the devil's a bad devil. So if you don't know how to deal with the devil, he'll come in and steal everything. He'll steal your joy because the Bible says joy is your strength. So if the devil can take your joy, he has your strength. You see that, how he works things in people's life. He begins to take their joy, and then the next thing you know, they don't want to hang out with family anymore. They don't want to hang out with friends. You can't get them out of the house. And then their bills begin to pile up. They have no energy to even go to work. That's what the Bible warns us. Hold fast to what you've been given. So the devil will steal your joy. Some of you need joy again. God will give you joy. Uh, He'll steal your peace because the Bible says peace guards our mind. Peace guards our heart. Think about the past two years with, with the fear that the media has tried to put into people. People are afraid to move. They're afraid to go out in public. I know people, even today, still afraid to leave their house. And it all has to do with they have no peace. They have fear. But when you're saved, the Bible says to live is Christ and to die is gain. The worst thing that could ever happen to me is I die. And how bad is that going to be? Amen. Because I'm going to be in heaven with Jesus. I'm not going to be in heaven and think, I shouldn't be here. Who's going to, I have ferrets. I'm not going to say, who's going to feed my ferrets? I won't. Amen. Heaven is a great place. People are dying to get there. But (laughs) that's a joke. But listen, if you're not saved, the earth is the only heaven you'll ever know. But for me, the earth is the only hell I'm ever going to know. Because when I slip out of this body, the Bible says to be absent from the body, I'm going to be present with the Lord. You know, you can have that confidence too. Some people awake at night. If I die, what's going to happen? If I die, and I'm not trying to scare you, but it's reality. The Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die, and after that, the judgment. Every single one of us. We want to keep you here as long as as we can. If I have my way, I want all of you 120 years. Amen. But uh, glory to God. Which, by the way, it was our president's birthday yesterday, 80 years old, and he doesn't look a day over 157. Anyway, so... (laughs) So, amen, glory to God. So, God's good. We want you to have a long, I had to get that out of my system, amen. And I do pray for our president, amen. But uh, (laughs) we want you to live a long life, but it is appointed unto man once to die. And after that, there's a, you're either going to go one of two places. You have an opportunity now to make a decision. You have an opportunity now to, uh, to make a choice. So I'm going to end here. And then, of course, we're going to make sure everybody leaves with, uh, with uh, the, the gift cards and groceries. We want to bless you. I've been looking forward to this all week, just so you know. I'm so happy. Let me say this, too, about, the, about what we're going to bless everybody with. Somebody gave, and they're online watching, and, and they can't even afford gas to get to church. And they gave like 100 200 bucks uh, sacrificially. Because they wanted to see other people get blessed. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that so awesome? And so there were so many people who gave, even in this church financially. Many people were giving out of their lack. Like, they need help. And then they, they said, no, I want to help other people. You know, that's God in them, you know. And, uh, and, then, and then the church, of course, we went over uh, all the money that came in. We didn't raise all the money for it. The church just went ahead and put down. We went over and above. We actually went over the top this year, just so you know. Amen. And, and which I think that's a good thing. So can we give a hand to everybody who donated and was a part to, to be a blessing? Amen. 
And then we give Jesus all the glory because, man, if I didn't have Jesus in my heart, I'd be a, st- I'd be a Scrooge. <laughs> Amen. And, and so would many other people. Glory to God. So we thank God that the Bible teaches us to be generous. So I'm going to end with this. The Bible says in John 14, 6, that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto me, the Father except by me. Today we're hearing a narrative pushed, and it's by, I mean, I could go into who's pushing it and why they're doing it, but uh, we're hearing something pushed that there are many ways to get to God. We're hearing people say, you can come to God in your own way, but that's not what the Bible teaches at all. It actually teaches against that. The Bible says that there is a way that seems right unto man, but the end thereof is death. Jesus said that I am the way, the truth, and the life. You know, if you came to and asked me, what, what's the way to go to, to go to Walmart? And I could tell you, you go down 2nd Street, and then, you know, I could give you the directions. Well, then if you go towards Bueller's because you want to go to Walmart in your own way, how many of you guys know you will never get to Walmart? And it's the same, you know. It's not coming... Well, I have my own way. I, I, I made my own covenant. It doesn't work that way. Jesus said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life, and no one can come to the, to the Father but by me. Now, I'll say this too. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. How many of you guys know that nobody's perfect? Who, who, who knows that? Who, uh, who, who <laughs> is specimen A of, you know what I mean? I could probably sign up for that, amen. Lord knows I've made mistakes. Nobody's perfect. And the Bible says if anyone says they've never sinned, they're lying to you. If anyone ever comes to you and says, and believe it or not, people have told me that. I've never sinned. Um, so you mean you've never lied. You've never, you've never had a lustful thought. You mean you've never, you know what I mean? So then, then they're like, well, yeah, I guess. So, you know, you can't take what you've done and compare it. So I said, well, I'm not that bad. I'm not like a murderer. I'm not like Jeffrey Dahmer, you know, that Netflix thing going on now, you know. Well, I'm not that. No, but, you know, sin is sin. And at the end of the day, sin is what has separated us from God. And so the Bible says we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And it says in Romans 6.23 that the, the wages of sin is death. Think about this. And if I could just have everyone's attention, because we're about to end here. The wages of sin is death. Even at the current rate of inflation, the wages of sin is still death. And it, but it goes on to say in the same verse, but the gift of God, everybody say the gift of God. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Think about that. So it says the wages of our sin, it demands death. But, you always got to make sure you you include the whole verse, because it says, but the gift of God is eternal life, salvation. Are you with me? Okay, so it's a gift. Everyone say gift. Okay, so if it's a gift, who's ever been given a gift before? You don't have to buy it. You You can't earn it. You can't be good enough to get it. You get it because it's a gift. No straight. Who's ever been given a gift but there's strings attached? Come on, who knows exactly what I'm talking about? They gave you something, but there's strings attached now. That's not God. It's a free gift. Salvation is free. Eternal life is free. It's so simple, it takes an idiot to help you misunderstand it. 
you know? And I know I'm using these words. Look, I'm from Coshocton, so just so you know, I'm not religious. I'm just me. And so I was born and raised here. But it's so simple. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So if anyone ever, okay, give you an example because we're about to end. We have a lady who greeted you as, as you walked in. Her name's Rosie. She's a very nice lady, been with us many years. And uh, her and her husband, well, she wanted to get saved and she didn't know what to do, you know. And so she goes to a pastor because that's, you know, well, he knows what to do. She said, I want to get saved. I want to accept Jesus. The dude gives her 10 books, 10, and says, read all these, and then we'll talk. And so Rosie takes these 10 books, and who likes reading books, you know? <laughs> and she said, it's impossible. I can't, I can't, I can't read all this. What is that? That's somebody who, who just overcomplicated it. But then one day, someone showed her, you're just one prayer away. You're just, you don't have to read 10 books. This is not religion that says you have to say 10 Hail Marys and do all that. You don't have to do any of that. That's, not, that's all man's vain attempt to reach God. Say this, say, it's a free gift. You don't have to buy it, earn it. You can't be good enough to receive it. it it's totally free. Amen. And in fact, we say it's free. And uh, it, it says it's the gift of God. And we say it's free, but it really wasn't free. Be Jesus just paid the price. It was actually the gift God has for you, salvation, was extremely costly. It cost Jesus everything, all the way down to his last breath, where the Bible says on the cross, he said, it is finished. And the Bible says Jesus gave up his spirit. And then he went down to the depths of the earth for three days. And after three days, he rose again. Are you with me? So it's very expensive, but it's free to us. Amen. Now, I'll just say this one last verse. And then I'll, I'll, I'll pray with you. Romans 13, or I'm sorry, Romans 10, 13 says, For whosoever, remember at the beginning we said what whosoever means? Means you. Whosoever means me, and it means you. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Hallelujah. That sounds like something everyone in this place is able to do. So we're going to end like this. I want every head bowed. I want every eye closed. Hallelujah. And I want to give an invitation. If you're in this place and you fit into one of these three categories, I want to pray with you and I want to pray for you. Number one, if you're in this place, and, and I, I'd like Sam, Sam, could you come up and join me on the keys? Hallelujah. Number one, with every head bowed, every eye closed. Number one, if you're in this place, and you've never asked Jesus to come into your heart. Maybe you've never even had the opportunity. Maybe you just didn't know what to do. But today you know. Today we tried to explain it. Amen. But maybe you're here. You've never asked Jesus to come into your heart. Friend, I want to give you that opportunity today. The Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die. And after that, the judgment. If you die today, where would you go? There's a heaven to gain. There's a hell to shun. You don't have to go to a devil's hell. 2,000 years ago, the price was paid. The blood was shed. It's not hard. It's very easy. You just, like a gift, you receive it by your faith. So the Bible says he'll take out the stony, stubborn, rebellious heart. He'll put in a heart of flesh, a new spirit he'll put on the inside of you. Today can be a new day for you. Today can be a fresh start for you. If God can take someone like Jessica and do what he's done in her life, she's still not perfect. But you know what? 
when, when you have Jesus, it's not that you don't make mistakes. You just make less of them. Hallelujah. So maybe that's you this morning. You want to give your life to Jesus. Maybe for the very first time, we want to give you that opportunity. Number two, if you're in this place, and maybe you gave your heart to God in days gone by, but you've grown cold. You're not serving him the way that you should. But maybe today you feel the Lord tugging at your heart. And today you want to come back. Maybe you just need to fall in love with Jesus all over again. He'll restore the joy of your salvation. He'll restore the peace you once knew, the joy you once had. I understand things happen that rock our world. Things knock the wind out of our sails. Betrayal, loss of a job, loss of a loved one, loss of a friend. Things happen that rock our world. And we find ourselves far away from where we're supposed to be. And so maybe that's you. Maybe it's time to come back. I hear the Lord calling people back. Hallelujah. Maybe you left him, but you know he's never really left you. And today he's calling you back. So number one, maybe for the first time you want to give your life to Jesus. Number two, you just want to recommit your life. Maybe you want a fresh start. And number three, maybe you love the Lord with all your heart, but the devil lies to you and tells you that you're not really saved. Maybe even though you love God, you have this, this fear that if I die, I don't know where I'm really going to go. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But today you want to make sure. Friend, one prayer fits all. And if that's you with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you sitting in your seat right now, I want you to quickly slip up your hand and say, that's me. I fit into one of those categories right now. Quickly slip up your hands. Hands are going up. Just hold your hand high. Hands are going up all across this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you didn't raise your hand, but you want to be included in the prayer I'm about to pray, you didn't raise your hand, but you want to be included Quickly slip up your hand and say, that's me. Pray. I see hands going up all across this place. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I want you to do this. I want everyone who raised your hand, I want you to quickly stand. Just stand to your feet all across this place because we're going to pray. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The Bible says, if you deny me before man, I'll deny you before the Father. Hallelujah. So that's why we just stand. Hallelujah. Come on. There's others. You raised your hand. I want you to just quickly stand to your feet. You might not ever have another opportunity. Today is the day of salvation. Today is your day of freedom. Hallelujah. Now I want to do this. People are standing up all across the sanctuary. Hallelujah. Isn't God so good? He, he's so good. I want everyone standing to just raise your right hand to heaven because that's where your help comes from. And maybe you're sitting, but you, you want to be included or just encourage people along. Maybe you can do that too. Just raise your right hand to heaven. If you're watching online, someone says, no one can see me, but Jesus can see you. You can join in this prayer too. So I want to do this. I want everybody in this place, especially those standing right now, making this decision, say this prayer with me. Say it with your mouth out loud, but mean it in your heart. Say this with me. Say, dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Wash me and cleanse me set me free. Thank you that you died for me. I believe you've risen from the dead and you're coming back again for me. I turn my back on the world. I turn my back on sin and I follow you, Lord Jesus. I confess with my mouth 
Jesus is Lord. I turn my back on the world. I turn my back on sin. Though none go with me, still I will follow. Now just declare this. Say, I am saved. (laughs) I'm born again. I'm forgiven. And I'm on my way to heaven because I have Jesus in my heart. Now just lift both your hands and just thank him right now all across this place. Come on, even those you seated, those you saved, just begin to thank him right now. Just thank him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for saving us. Thank you, Father, for what you've done. Lord, we believe we receive right now salvation, eternal life. Thank you, Lord, for those being born again right now, right now. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, Father, all of those standing right now, I just pray over them that you would seal them now by your blood and by your spirit, that on that day, let not one person be missing. But having stood before you, let us hear, well done, enter into the joy of the Lord. Let let not one miss out, Father, but thank you that they are saved, that they're on their way to heaven. So, Father, right now, as I pray over them, I break every chain. I break depression off their life. I break every tormenting thing that's come against them. I break every curse. And, Father, I just speak joy over them today. I speak health over them today. I speak life over them today. That, Father, they will taste and see your goodness. Those even in the realm of finances, they need supernatural help. Thank you, Lord that you would supply, just like you did me in another nation, supply for them according to your riches and glory, all their needs. And so, Father, we just thank you. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.